Welcome to the Story of God podcast, where each episode helps everyday men and women see how they fit into the grand narrative of God's redemptive plan. Here's Ezra and Janelle. Is God a socialist? That's Hmm. what we're looking at today, Acts chapter 2. Yikes, what's your answer? Well, we have to read the scripture and then we find out. Oh, okay. We can't give a short answer because that would give it away. And then people would stop listening. So we have to read the text and then come back to it. Okay, well then let's read the text. All right, Acts chapter 2, verses 29 through 47. Brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Being therefore a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants on his throne, he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we all are witnesses. Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children, and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation." So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day, those who were being saved. So is God a socialist? Obviously, the question comes from the last section of this passage and where it says in day by day attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes they received their food with glad and generous hearts and and it says also in verse 45 and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need and to me that sounds a little bit like socialist it sure does i mean yeah everyone's on the same playing field right everyone shares and so should that be the goal then? And we live in America, a capitalistic society. Uh, should actually mm. the goal of life be socialism for a Christian community? Should that be our ultimate strive? It depends on 
it depends on if I'm on the poor side or the rich side of that spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's an interesting question when you go back and you look at, at uh, church history and you see the different ways that uh, I'm convicted of the ways that mm-hmm. Christians cared for one another. And yeah. uh, even in different countries, different communities around the world today, where Christianity isn't the predominant uh, religion in the area, you see so many examples of the ways that Christians care for one another. I mean, I, mean, I even think of like a, where you grew up in Alaska, kind of a smaller community, Christians mm-hmm. naturally cared for one another easier than in communities such as when we lived in Toronto. Yeah. It, well, up there, I mean, people really become like your family. It's it's more like, oh, why wouldn't I help you? Or why wouldn't I let you borrow this or come help you pack that up? Or, you know, just it was a natural it seemed at least like a natural way of life. Well, even you were mentioning the other day about how you, um, you barter stuff. <laughs> like if you, if you sell, you know, um, I'm typically used to, well, if someone comes over and helps, you give them money and you help them out. But in your context growing up, you might, someone might come over and help your family, but then your family is going to help them back without maybe yes. even an exchange of money. Well, in a way that you're, capable of mm-hmm. you know and and you kind of you don't just give each other your goods in exchange you also exchange your abilities yeah and well bottom line i'm, I'm a capitalist so i guess to say is god a socialist no I, I wouldn't say so but i do think and so i think there's some specific things going in context here but the key mate perhaps might be backing up to verse 42 it says and they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of mm-hmm. bread and prayers. And then as they do that, verse 43 says, and awe mm-hmm. came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. So they have this dramatic um, life-changing experience where they commit themselves fully to God. They're in absolute community and unity with one another. And then out of that, there becomes this incredible way of caring for each other. And I think it's almost like when we talked about the first half of this chapter, um, sometimes God uses really amazing demonstrations of who he is to spread the gospel and to, to do a specific work. And I think even here, you know, we think about, well, they're the ones uh, in fellowship and helping each other. And, but that awe, that awe doesn't just come from themselves. Like, wow, they really helped me. That was really cool of them. That awe is coming from what God is doing through each other and through the teaching that they're learning. And so I think this is almost another way God is just manifesting who he is to new believers and new Christians. Well, at, at their worst, socialism says, all right, you have too much, taking from you, giving to someone else. Capitalism, at its worst, is saying, all right, I want to uh, achieve as much financial means for me, myself, and I mm. as possible. And uh, as long as I can do that, I'm, I'm in great shape. But what Jesus is teaching here is neither hardcore um, you know, <laughs> compassionless capitalism mm-hmm. or hardcore socialism. But what he's teaching is absolute selflessness yeah. where people are denying themselves. They're, you know, they're taking up their crosses to follow Christ. And the result of that then is saying, wow, everything I have is God's. So that doesn't, so if, if Mark, and so in their case, their Christian community where they were suffering persecution, mm-hmm 
ridicule and eventually in different communities that the Apostle Paul would write to where they're losing their houses, um, many are facing persecution, jail time, all these things. The absolute need to band together mm. was essential for survival. Well, and look at look at what they're doing here too. Every day they're breaking they're breaking the bread. And this isn't just simply eating. This is this is the Lord's Supper where their focus is on the resurrection and their focus is on what Christ did for them. It's on his body being broken for him for them and his blood being spilled out for them. And this is their daily practice that they're doing together. And if you think about it, if you were to gather with Christians in your community every morning or every day, whatever time of day, and every day sit down with them and think about what Christ has done, I would, I don't know. I think that would change the way we lived too. Could you imagine just the 11 disciples that were with Christ in the upper room as they break the bread and they think back to that time? Imagine what must have been going through their minds think back to that. Mm -hmm. And and as they break the bread, realizing this is representing Christ's body, which was broken for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, It must have been just such a a wondrous reality that they would have lived in. Well, then you think of this and you think of how, you know, obviously they, I'm sure they missed Jesus, but then now they're looking around and they've got these rooms full of people that have hope and joy shining out of them. They're in awe and, and they know the Holy Spirit has come. This is what Jesus was talking about. This is what it was all about the whole time. And that must have been a pretty ah, amazing feeling. I think for me personally, one of the key takeaways I take away from this passage is that you cannot have Christian, real Christian community where there isn't some level of personal self-sacrifice. Mm-hmm. You, ju- you just can't. I mean, because that, that is at the heart of community is being able to sacrifice some of what you have for others. And so uh, it's easy sometimes, I think in America, Canada, wherever we're at, if we're in a larger church setting to, you know, check in, go to church and you leave church or whatever. But the, the heart of the gospel really comes alive when we live it in community in context with other people. And we're rubbing shoulders with other people and allowing mm-hmm. them to maybe rub us the wrong way and, and, <laughs> you know, yeah. invade our personal bubble or our space and being willing to sacrifice some of the things that we have to serve and love others. And being willing to be uncomfortable, you know, even having listening and having uncomfortable conversations and kind of, you know, you think about all the people coming from all their different um, kind of well, a lot of these people were Jewish, but coming from the, a lot of different backgrounds and and areas of the world, and yet now they're they're breaking bread together. And you know, you think some of the, there had to be a couple moments of someone looking at someone else and being like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> but but that doesn't become the focus. The focus is still helping each other and living living day by day um, to bring glory to God. So as we wrap up. I want you to just think about this reality for your life. Who could you uh, be in better community with today? How much do you connect with your neighbors? How much do you connect with those in your church community, uh, your friends? What are ways that you can do that? And what are ways that you can, by, by being in community with others, put your faith into action? 
Thank you for listening to the Story of God podcast. For more info on this program or to access other resources that will help you turn Sunday belief into Monday action, please visit themondaychristian.com. That's themondaychristian.com.